Garnley to Chadha. I'm actually delighted to have you on my show, the Purpose Led Leadership Podcast. We've only recently become friends on LinkedIn through an, uh, a mutual acquaintance, actually. And your huge following, which I think is in excess of 2 million, is going to uh, be an, of interest. But before we go into that and your journey, just tell the audience what you actually do. So I have been in HR for more than 15 years. And I'm the founder of GC Consulting, which I started in 2018. And I'm also a certified and licensed hypnotherapist and a quantum meditation practitioner. I had this amazing opportunity to be trained by two very well-known people in the mental health industry. One is Marissa Pear and the other one is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Wow. So, so yes, I do HR and I also um, am a big uh, mental health practitioner. Fantastic. I mean, Marissa Peer and jo- Dr. Joe Dispenser are two icons. Were, were, oh, yeah. were, were they trained? Did you train with them directly then, one to one? Or well, so it happens online. So yeah, I attended this training, uh, which was an online certification. But then, of course, there's so much hard work. You, it's it just doesn't happen overnight. Sure. So it's like journey of more than one year and the assessments and everything that we have to go through and the practice hours that we have to put in. Mm. Oh my God. Like you won't get certified um, unless you really fulfill the parameters and you actually give them that assurance that what they have as a technique, you fully understand because that's meant to transform lives, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm really intrigued as to the correlation between HR, quantum meditation, and hypnotherapy. We'll, we'll delve into that and go into your journey and uh, talk to you about and the audience about that. But um, so the two million followers, I mean, that is not an easy feat. How did you get to that level? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, so it all started. So let me just tell you a short story. It all started in 2018. And I'll come to law of manifestation, which is like the quantum physics which I was already practicing even without knowing that I am. So back in 2018, when I left um, my job, so it was so difficult after six and a half years to find that kind of culture, which was so progressive. And I enjoyed my job for six and a half years. I actually considered that my considered that as my second home. And then when I went for interviews, I just couldn't find anything. And then one day when I was looking for jobs in LinkedIn, I came across a post from Gary Vee. And I'm like, oh my God, how come this guy has such a huge following? And all he talks about is people, people and people, how to keep them happy. And I was so inspired. I'm like, okay, so um, maybe what I have seen is very different. Like I have experienced the best culture, but not something that I don't get to know very often from my friends. Um, because it's not that open culture in companies and Mm. companies are definitely taking a lot of time to expand their horizons in terms of how and why we should be keeping our people happy and how it does impact the bottom line. Then I started thinking, okay, let me just talk about what makes an employee happy. And it all started there. So I started curating posts, but definitely I would say I learned from his post so much. So what I used to do is sit down in the morning and then really go through his post and understand what he's trying to say. What's the message? What's the tone? And it's not that I copied everything, but I think I followed the same pattern. And I was kind of, I was feeling it in my bones that I want to become like him. And I saw him as my idol and I 
some, some, okay, so some people started telling me, you talk like Gary. I'm like, no, I'm not talking about Gary. I just feel him so much in yeah. what he's saying. And it has so much value. It has so much substance. And then it started. It started like people started liking my post. People like started liking what I said. And well, today I am 2 million followers. But I think apart from Gary Vee, there's so much that I learned from the community. I connected with amazing people. They were curating some interesting um, yeah. posts and content. And there was so much to learn from. Mm. And I can't really thank people enough. The community, especially in the UAE, I'm connected with like people all over the world. And it was such a great learning. And I think we all are focused on one particular thing, which is like learn and to impart learning as in the knowledge that we gain from each other. How can yeah. we spread that knowledge? How can we make this community bigger and larger and larger so that we kind of create more value? We add more value in terms of what we are trying to say, what we're trying to learn. Yeah. And yeah, so 2018, December is when I started. So it's um, only a short, kind of short period of time, really, as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I would say, yeah, I'm blessed. Yeah. I mean, very, very. I mean, Gary, Gary V is the same. Very much an idol for me, and um, I think he's one of the, the one of the first people to kind of really emphasise the power of personal brand and be yourself. And he kind of he swears, but he said he says things how it is. And he's for me the definition of authenticity in terms of he's just himself. And I think, I think the the true key to success is is being open, being vulnerable, being yourself, saying it how it is, and not holding back. And that's that's a skill that takes a while to master right because the very nature of social media even if you're the Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa you're going to get criticism you're going to get negativity right so how how have you had have you had that much of that and how have you dealt with that as well oh my god I had so much of criticism because so what I was basically doing like so how I replicated this formula is actually talking about what we are doing for our people so what I learned in my six and a half years of having that amazing culture and learning from my manager, I was trying to share that, like this is how I was treated. And I felt that I was blessed when I was going through my divorce. This is one very big example. My manager actually found the best divorce lawyer in town because of course she wanted me to be in safe hands. Yeah. So that's the kind of care I received from, uh, from my manager. So, you know, just giving these examples and sometimes to someone, these examples could be very lame no, no, that's not true. Maybe that's the story to get likes and comments and that, you know. Yeah. But actually, I was doing something really real. I was talking about my life story. I was talking about my work story. And I was talking my heart out. Yeah. And that's what got me traction. And people start, people start saying, oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Oh, amazing. You know, I wish I had that. I wish we had that in our company. And then so what happened was listening to my story, a lot of entrepreneurs contacted me. And that's how I got my leads from LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people contacted me saying that, well, you know, what you said is amazing. I think we need to re really work on our culture. So how, how yeah. about we sit down and chat on how best you can add value because right now you're not yes. employed, you're consulting. So, you know, let's do something together. And that's how it all started. So I was being very real, very natural and just being myself. And I feel that's the best way yeah. in any social media. In, in fact, you're just telling people what you are mm. and just connect 
like-minded people. I did get a lot of hatred. And honestly, so a lot of people who used to come to my post and really contradict and say something really quite contrary, of course, you know, so I always used to take that very positively. Yes. So that's my perspective. You have yeah. your own perspective and there's always something that we are learning from each other. And guess what? So my biggest hater became my best friend. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. So, and, and honestly, so, so after some time, he sent me a message saying that, well, I'm sorry if I'm being too rude or, you know, if it's, if it's offending mm. you, I know I'm commenting on your post and my views could be contradictory, but I hold nothing against you. I said, well, no, no, not at all. I don't have anything yeah. against you. It's a healthy discussion. He said, you can choose to delete, delete my comment. I said, no, I would definitely not like to delete your comment because it's a platform where everyone is free to yeah. share their, their opinion. And then we met for coffee and today we're wow. best friends. Yeah. I think there's a really, really good point around uncomfortable people disagreeing with me, right? But when they when they do it and they're insulting me, I think that that takes it to another level. And I think I think by the very nature of it, I think we have to be thick skinned. I mean, what I used to do is kind of respond and take it personally, and kind of. But more often than not, it's not a personal attack on you. It's just a reflection on them, or or maybe they don't know how to convey convey themselves. But I think that. Um, key point i'm picking up here is be authentic be real but add value as long as you're adding value and that, that's the key point isn't it because you can't just be authentic and real you've got to actually have some substance right so true that's correct good so let's let's talk a bit more about you as an individual then because um you've touched on a couple of things you've touched on divorce and you've touched on being mistreated in the workplace so i asked my guests all the same thing can you paint us a picture or a journey of your of your life, really, from, from childhood to now? And any kind of adversity and difficult times you've had, that's okay? You're, you're breaking, I think. Okay. The problem with internet or something. Okay. Um, so I asked all my guests the same kind of question. Can you paint a picture of your journey in your life? You've touched on divorce. You've touched on being mistreated at work. Um, but just paint the audience a picture of your, a journey of your life around, you know, from, from school to now. That's okay. From school to now, okay. So I was born in Kuwait, then we moved to India during the war. And then my life was very different when I was in Kuwait, then my life was extremely different when I was in India. And then I always wanted to come back to the Middle East. So it all happened after, my, after I completed my schooling and my graduation, I decided no. Now if I have to do something in my career, it can't be India, not because of anything, just because I, because I came from the Middle East and it was kind of so into my system, I thought, no, I want to go back. I want to go back. So yes, so I came to Dubai and I started my journey in 2005 yeah. and started as a very fresh, I always wanted to be in administrative services. So if I was in India, I would have imagined myself to be in administrative services, which didn't happen, of course. But then, you know, picking the same lines, yes, I opted for HR because, of course, it's like dealing with people. And I've always loved, you know, talking to people, being around people, socializing, and yeah. just getting to know. I was very curious about how people adapt themselves to different situations. So I was very young, 2005, when I came here, and I learned a lot from my manager, my immediate reporting manager. That was my first job. And How old were you then? Sorry? How old were you then, sorry? I was around, what, 30? No, I was 29, 28. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, 
So great learning from, from him. And um, then that's how I started my journey. And then didn't ever look back. And of course, 2018 was my last um, job as an employee. And definitely I started my own venture after that. And yes, did learn a lot. Did my MBA from the University of Wollongong and did my CIPD. And of course, then after 2018, my whole mental health journey started, which was a complete turn, very much connected to human resources, definitely, because it's all to do with people, but more into mental health and well-being. So talk to us about that, because I do a lot of content about mental health and the importance of it and everyone having mental health so when you say you started your own mental health journey did you suffer your own mental health challenges as well or I know so we so I had a life turning event so a few years back um, my son's father the ex-husband lost his life to depression and that traumatic event I still remember that night when I was called um, by my ex-mom-in-law and uh, she uh, she basically gave me that news that he's no more and I had to rush to the site. And what I saw um, basically shook me because it wasn't, it, it was something that would actually put anybody in traumatic mental condition. So yes, whatever happened to him and it was, it will always remain a mystery. Why? Because imagine you are with someone even though we were divorced, we always had a very good relationship, like, because of course we have to act as mature parents, right? So we went, we went out to dinner three or four days back and everything looked normal. Everything was fine. I never sensed anything. We used to talk very regularly, of course, because of the sun, but nothing looked abnormal or made me think about, oh, something is wrong. And maybe I have to speak to him. And if I did ask him, maybe he would tell me, but I never sensed anything. And when this happened, it was a shock. I'm like, how can he do this? Yeah. Like what made him do this? And then what I saw, of course, you know, traumas will basically lead you to your own mental conditions like PTSD or something. So I had, personally, I had sleep paralysis for two days continuously and I wanted help I wanted help my son wanted help because how do I deliver this news to him that from tomorrow you will not be able to see your father anymore and and the why and the ifs and buts that a that a six-year-old would ask you it's very difficult for you to answer why would you not be able to see your father and I would say um he he was the best father I would say he's done so much yeah, yeah. So th- there was nothing that he would not do for his son. So, and then I needed help. My son needed help. And I went to a couple of psych- psychologists and I went for psychotherapy. And this is all I- how it started. So I had sleep paralysis. I got very little help. And then I started thinking to myself, is there any rapid cure? Because I am suffering. My heart is bleeding. A, I'm in denial, definitely. And B, I've got like all these legal issues to deal with. Anybody in the UAE um, dies without a will is itself in itself a very big hassle to deal with legal problems, the court and inheritance and this and that. 
So one side I had this mental trauma, the other side I had these legal issues, and this, and and then I had my son to deal with, as in to yeah. answer his questions and to deal with the whole situation. His cool. future, a lot of insecurities started setting in, thinking, how will I be able to manage everything all alone? Like I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do that. So yeah. everything looked like a no. And psychotherapy didn't help much. So I started thinking, how can I get help? Who can help me? Who can actually flip my brain and trick me into thinking that everything is going to be all right? Because at that time, I wasn't thinking that everything is going to be all right. And then, of course, I came across uh, rapid transformation therapy, which is Marie Sapir. And then I got certified later because I found that a very, mm. very effective treatment. Mm. So that changed everything and just because i started thinking about why and how and how much misery how much trauma it can bring to your family losing someone who's so dear to you i started thinking that okay fine so how can i help people what if there was someone who who could have helped him what if he spoke maybe what if we had a society where there was no stigma because yeah. stigma never allow us to talk because sure. we have to portray a different image of ourselves. So that's how it all started. I said, no, maybe I have to go, I have to start helping people. I will get certified. And also because I have so many clients, I go every day, different companies, meet different people. I come across someone who's got some problem. It will give me an opportunity to connect with them naturally mm-hmm. without letting them feel that I am judging them. Yes. Which is very different as compared to they, them approaching someone that they don't know, a psychotherapist or a therapist. Some, some people don't really know that they need help. So just by talking, if I can understand if they do yeah. need help, I'm able to offer help that, you know, naturally it doesn't look like a therapy. That's what I was trying to do. Be more available. Be more vocal. Let people talk. Let people yeah. feel that they don't have to live under this stigma. And it's okay to talk about their problems because who doesn't have problems? So, yeah. This is such an important topic. And thank you so much for sharing that you didn't have to. And I'm sure that you had a range of emotions going through you when it happened in terms of confusion, fear, anger, pain, hurt. I'll move on to how it affected your son in a moment. But you touched on a few things there. And I've been vocal about my own suicide attempts and also being vocal about the fact that I disagree with anyone who says that suicide is selfish because and until you're in that position you don't necessarily know but when you've got children it does put a different complexity on it but I think that I think that did you ever kind of fathom any reason as to why he might have done that at all um, so yeah, so later when I found out, uh, because of course, instantly I was dealing with, soon after that, I was dealing with my own mental health situation yeah. uh, for me to then come to that stage where, and then I can understand what went. And it's only after I started studying, I started my certification in hypnotherapy. I started discovering, talking to his mom understanding what he was feeling maybe he spoke to her and he did he didn't speak to a lot of people but to his mother he did yeah because there's always that one person who would know little but very little even for them to feel that oh my god this is going there and it shouldn't go there Mm -hmm. because what they will speak generally is 
some information from here about their feelings, some information. So those are the triggers that will let them talk. But there'll always be one person who would know a little bit of information here and there. Yeah. So then I started talking about, okay, what happened? So was he seeing any psychologist or psychiatrist? He was. So he had PTSD. So hence I specialize in PTSD today. And um, so it all started uh, when he was quite young and because he was from the States. Yeah. And um, uh, so he had one traumatic event, which I knew definitely, but I didn't know that it's going to come back and then haunt him because people live with traumas all their life, but some people talk about it. Yes. Some people do not talk about it. They feel it in their body, mm. but not necessarily they're going to be very local, vocal about it. So yeah. yes, so his father passed away again in a very tragic incident in a gas station. Right. where he came and looted him and of course shot him dead so that caused ptsd in him and he lived in trauma for a few years and then we got married and i never saw because he was on medication and i never knew because right. our marriage was very short and i never knew that because he never he wasn't on medication at that time and I never knew that he before was on medication. And after that, he continued because maybe he wasn't feeling all right. Mm. And then, of course, a few years went, of course, because post-2013, I wasn't living in, with him. And I didn't know about his medication story or nothing. Yeah. But there will be moments in your life wherein you would actually become very vulnerable. You would become very sensitive in reliving that trauma again. Mm, of course. So, he lost, his, so his, he lost his best friend to COVID. And that's how wow. it all started. It started triggering. Yeah. Uh, he started believing that there's nobody. And then it went deeper and deeper and deeper. And mm. few a other, few other instances at work happened that triggered more, much bigger emotions in terms of feeling hopeless, in terms of feeling I have actually nobody. Even though you have see people with trauma, actually, they feel that help is not available. They yeah. feel that there's nothing in the world or nobody in the world who can help them deal because they have to deal with that themselves because it's the picture they are reliving in their minds. Yeah. And, and then one fine day, he decided to give up. I mean, I don't want to be too controversial. I, I think some medication is really good, but I think sometimes we're prescribed medication and it doesn't actually solve the problem. What solves or helps to solve the problem is what you said, is getting to that root cause of the trauma and the pain and the, and the fear and the anxiety and encouraging people to talk and go inward and do all that kind of stuff, right? And I think, I think middle-aged men have the biggest suicide rates for a reason because we're, we're told, we're indoctrinated to not talk and not show emotion, women as well. But I, th I think the more we can encourage people to be open and be vulnerable, the better, right? So I would say all the medication being SSRIs or SNRIs, they don't cure you because I know I've studied and know so much about medication. So if somebody is on medication, that medication is going to dampen your feelings of yes. anxiety yeah. or the feelings of trauma that you're living in and the, but it's no cure nice. so really you could actually feel that yes medication is actually making me okay but there's a huge study behind ssris 
because there are some SSRIs that would actually affect you in a negative way in long term because yeah. they basically curb yeah. dopamine, which is a very important neurotransmitter for you to be enjoying your life. So even though you feel that you're not so sensitive towards emotions of trauma or reliving that which you have been re- reliving and it's dampening that. But at the same time, you may also feel that you're not enjoying life as much because it mm. also interferes with your dopamine. So, so the best way I would say, of course, you can't wean off any, anybody of med- medication overnight. It has to be a journey. As you went on medication, you're going off medication that has to be done very carefully. But what one can actually do is the neurotransmitters, which you don't have and which SSRIs or SNRIs are giving you, you can practice different techniques, let's say medication or mindfulness Mm. so that it naturally comes. Like there was, there was a big debate. I got into this discussion about melatonin. So a lot of people do take, melatonin supplement which definitely is a night neurotransmitter that allows you to sleep but very few people understand that you can possibly there is a trick through medica- med- uh, meditation yeah and it doesn't take long it's like seven minutes before you go to bed if you apply that in a meditative yeah. way you can get a melatonin upgrade yeah. So that will allow you to relax your yeah. mind and also let you sleep. Yeah, I mean, people use things like CBD oil to help them sleep and all that kind of thing. I think there, there is certain medication and remedies and th- stuff like that that's really helpful. But I, I think that some of the medication, as you say, all it does is kind of put a plaster over the main issue and or suppress the, these feelings of emotion and, and fear and anger and shame. Although they're deemed negative, actually... By leaning into those emotions, you, you you do actually come out the other side a more a more kind of in tune person. You start to you start to you start to resolve some of the pain and trauma. Right. Um, I want to talk to you about RTT because I've, I've I've done some RTT myself. I want to talk to you about wow. quantum medication as well and, and 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 other stuff. But I want to go back to your son quickly. He's never going to get out of this right. But how did you confront? supporting him or or, or or whatever for you know how did you deal with with his and then then obviously your own i know you've talked about how you dealt with your own pain but i mean for a six-year-old to lose his father or, or any child is or any person but a six-year-old is is tough hmm. so so i didn't tell anything to him uh for a week at least and he kept asking me questions when is daddy going to meet me? When is daddy going to take me to Legoland? And, you know, when am I going out with him to play? Because I wanted it to be processed in my head before I deal with his questions. Hmm. And then what I realized is definitely you can never fill that vacuum. But if you tell them that you can never fill that vacuum, they grow up thinking that. Right. So, so. so exactly. So now... My role in his life is, of course, I can't tell him that it was a suicide because a lot of people have suicide connected to a failure or your dad was a failure. That's why he did it. And for a six-year-old, he doesn't need to know because you need to actually make sure that they are 
old enough, mature enough to understand or analyze what this actually means to them. Yeah. So of course I had to tell him another story. I had to tell him that it was an accident, which he accepted. But you see for him, for a six year old, it's very difficult. My daddy is not around. So what, what, so I thought, okay, what my role is going to be, what my role looks like now from today onwards, because I need to be wearing two hats, right? So, and a lot of times I do come across questions as in, let's say, for example, a week back, he came to me, he said, mama, I was playing with this um, um, friend and he said, so what does your daddy do? And I said, my daddy's not here. My daddy's in heaven. Who told you? My mom told me my daddy's in heaven. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Mom, why, why did he say that he's sorry? How would you answer that question? Yeah. You see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so is he sorry because I'm losing something? I'm missing out something? Mm. I said, no, it's just the way he thought that he should be telling you because we often say when this happens that we are so sorry, but it's not a loss. So whatever your dad used to do, I am doing, I'm taking you out to play, right? Yes. He said, yeah, yeah, right. So I'm buying everything what he used to get you, right? Yes, right. So I'm coming with you for your football classes, for your basketball classes. Yeah. So isn't mommy becoming a daddy? Wow. He said, yes. I said, yeah. So that's how you need to tell your children because a child's biggest fear is to feel different. Sure. And we all have felt different when we were growing up. We all felt that we really, are not enough. Really? So, yeah. And if I, at this age, make him feel that he's not like other children, yes. I'm already creating that vacuum. So my job was to basically make him feel complete. And that's what I do each and every day. If he does feel something that he is missing because his father is not around, and of course I cannot fill that vacuum because it is a vacuum as a matter yeah. of fact. There are things like, we always say, no, I can proudly say I'm doing both jobs well together. But I know sure there are certain things that his father would have done well, yeah. better than and I can't do. But because I'm, I have to do, I have no other option. I'm just telling myself that I'm doing my best, but actually I'm doing my best. But how do I tell him that it's no loss because everybody has their own life and you have to live with it. You, so I would say, it will just make him much more stronger. He'll be ready to deal with life and then he'll find his own way. I think, I think it is incredible parenting, incre incredible wisdom of you to, 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 to clarify it in that one statement about not making him feel different. I think that that is the key element and that's how you've got through. But do you feel that you would ever tell him the truth about what happened or you would never do that now? No, no, I definitely will. I right. Because he has the right to know. Sure. He has the right to know at the age where he can make sense of it. Yes. Because, because right now, suicide, the word itself will not make sense. No, no, right. So, okay. so everything has to come to you at the right age because your neurons have to be at a certain level for you to get that particular information and process and make mm. some meaning out of it. Yeah. So you can't essentially tell a six-year-old that suicide exists because then you are actually telling them yeah. that living up also exists, which I don't want you. So because kids are very smart in associating meaning 
to words. So yes. I rather keep that when he'll be able to translate it better. Yeah. Okay. He'll be mature enough to understand life at that age, but it's his right to know. And of course I will tell him. Make, that makes a lot, a lot of sense to me. So touching on relationships, it feels as if, although it was a horrific thing that happened, it prob- your relationship with your son has probably enhanced in, in some ways because of how you've described the fact that you're, now, you're covering for your, the loss of his father and that kind of stuff. But also, how, how has that death affected the relationship with yourself and also relationships with future partners since then? So relationship with myself. So I think, um, um, well, I, I love to say that on one side that I got, I, I now know my purpose. I want to touch the lives of people. I want to transform. But at the same time, I also feel this, I didn't have to actually go through this trauma for me to be able to find my purpose, okay. you know. But anyways, I think um, what how it has touched me it's kind of given my life a broader perspective. Mm-hmm. I now know today more about myself than I ever knew. I now know more about the limitations I had in my own head, why my marriage failed, why I never was able to have a relationship after I got divorced. There's so much that I got to know about my own self. So it was my own journey of transformation mm. to be very wow. honest. So, um, and so much that I got, so I think it happened for a reason because I got so much self-awareness that I actually know how to live in the present and stop worrying about future. And we'll come to that, the whole manifestation and everything that I practiced with myself. So I guess it was my own learning experience. I know I'm aware I'm living in the present, which I never did. I was always living in the past. Forget about future. So, and with people around me, every day I wake up, I just say this to myself, if, so I definitely don't want to hurt anybody, right? And I practice that consciously. I make a conscious effort that my words, my actions, or anything that I do in my present moment does not actually result in hurting anyone. So what I get with is a purpose. I want to add value. And before I go to bed and I meditate, I do a recap because of course I'm a very active therapist. So every day I've got clients. So I run a quick recap on how I acted more than a therapist. I gave them more back in return because if they are trusting me, how is that trust going to make them feel better, going to make them feel going to make them feel happy. And that's what I live. I live in the moment. I, I live mm. every day with, with that pure intention of doing good. Mm. And that's nothing else. So that's like, and with every life that I touch, be it my family, my friends, or any client, mm. I practice the same thing. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that. Um, living in the moment. I mean, how, how are you describe? I've experienced that recently. And it's, it's, it's hard to describe what that's like, where you're not worried about outcomes, you're not worried about the part you're living in in the now. So any any techniques and how, how does it? What's the benefits just go a bit deeper with that? Okay, I'll tell you something. Um, 
90% of our thoughts now this is all psychology right and i'm sure you must be so much interested in that 90% of our thoughts are from yesterday and day before yesterday right human mind always is predicting familiar because we are scared of the unknown yes. we don't so imagine if we were to work on a project the first thing we would actually think of is a worst case scenario yeah right because we don't want that to happen and why we don't want that to happen because we are predicting the familiar now let's replicate that to our personal lives we are always drawing towards familiar which means that the past we have got and the wisdom so called that we have from the past yeah. we want to apply that to the present but not present actually to control our future which is a product of our past right mm-hmm. now even before i got certified as a quantum meditation practitioner and when i basically went back in uh, um, thinking or uh, or i wanted to recap on how i basically made things possible so i'll tell you how did i do things so um so when my ex passed away so i told you there was a legal stuff and everything so you you essentially if you don't have a will in in the uae you can't have access to uh, somebody who's passed away to his assets or anything right. that he wow. okay. no you can't you can't so if there's no if there's a will then definitely it's straightforward but if there's no will you have to go through the law of the land so which means the law of the land says do this do this do this and then get this yeah and the law of the land is actually very strict when it comes to minor because anything that he left with you can't lay your hands until that minor turns 21 right so how's that wow right yes so now imagine a situation wherein i have so much insecurity and i feel, so his father as i already told you that he was the best father in the world so imagine what he was doing for his son so yes. he took care of, he took care of his school fee which is very expensive right. in the very very expensive so okay so we we were staying in a rental house he paid for that he's practically paid for everything now imagine overnight yeah. everything Gone. stops sure sure Boom. your life comes to a standstill hmm. and then i have sleep paralysis and i have to think about my finances i don't have access to his funds even though it belongs to my son not to me yeah. but but i don't have access to it now what do i do so and i knew a little bit about quantum meditation but then i said to myself i can't live with this insecurity i just can't yes. i i really can't so that's when the whole thing with dr joe dispensa and everything his wow. teachings and yeah so what i did i i didn't have a house but i always wanted to buy a house hmm. and i said to myself now i'm in the situation where and i don't know where i'm going what i'll be doing how do i deal with everything especially the financial insecurity yeah and then so whatever was my learning from dr joe dispenza i said let me now apply this because if it worked for so many thousands of people it will work for me right yeah of course it's a big name and everybody is following him and everybody is going to attend his retreats his retreats and something should be there that mm. is valid and working so let yeah. me just do this so what i did i started manifesting my own house so i started living in the future I woke up every morning so I had one building that I want to buy an apartment here. Yeah. And I said 
okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the future now from today. Every day I woke up, I woke up in that house. I wasn't sure. living there. It didn't belong to me. So I woke up there and I imagined myself to be the most successful entrepreneur. With starting cri- from- but with, with crystal clear belief and clarity as well, right? No. Believe- okay. So the thing is the thought. Now, a lot of people manifest. Now, what, what's so dif- difficult and different mm. in this kind of manifestation is you can have a thought, which is the language of the brain. Yeah. But for you to elevate your electromagnetic signature into the universe, because everything has frequency, mm-hmm. energy has frequency, any matter has frequency, and frequency trans- transmits information. Everything is available for you. The house is available for you. Career is available for you. Partner is available for you. Now, how do you elevate your electromagnetic signature to get that? Now, if I feel insecure, right? It's not going to happen. That's the language of the body. Even yeah. though I have a thought in the morning, if my feelings are not aligned, I will never be able to manifest that because my electromagnetic signature is not high enough. Mm. The frequency is of a matter, not energy. So I started practicing that. I woke up in the morning believing I am waking up in that house. Every day I woke up believing I'm a very successful entrepreneur and my HR consultancy is actually doing very, very, very well because that, that was the only thing for me to get money from, right? Yeah. So, miracle happened. Absolute miracle happened. I bought my first property within next four months. Wow. Here I am, very insecure. Yeah. And here buy my first property yeah. in a matter of four months. So, and then uh, today when I'm sitting and talking to you, I don't even care what's, what he left. Now we have an access to it, but we don't need it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, mm. it happens only when you know what you, but if you are living with survival emotions, if you are yes. living with that feeling where you feel it's not available, you yes. feel more separation. You feel more matter. You feel less energy. The minute you feel in gratitude and the minute you 100%. feel you are in the future, it yeah. means you're telling yeah. your body that the event has already happened. This, this really resonates with me, I, th- I think, but uh, to another level. So I've got things like I've got a whiteboard in my bedroom. I've got my values on there. I've got, I've got some affirmations in there. And I walk into my bathroom and I, I tell myself I love myself. And, I, and, I, and I've, I've had to rewire myself. And every time I, I, I write my gratitude list or I connect to my higher power or I start to believe in myself and my positivity, things happen. And 100%, 100% is true. A lot of people listening to this are going to go, whatever but i i i i live and breathe what you're what you're what you've said and done there and i think it's such a powerful thing that you can have toxic positivity right you've got to be realistic as well right but i think i think it is about just doing doing that that inward work on a daily daily basis and just why can't you have what you want why can't what is is we are literally in control is what you're saying right so we are a product of our past especially childhood so you manifest the same reality. Now imagine changing someone's mindset who has a victim mentality, right? Yeah. yeah. No matter how much you tell them, no matter how much you tell them, stop being a victim. They'll go back being a victim. Mm. Now, 
you are creating your own reality because the kind of electromagnetic yeah. signature you display in the universe, you're going to be drawing towards that event, yeah, giving you the same feeling. So it's but, very simple. But so see, I've, I've always you, sorry, carry on. No, no, go ahead. I, I've go I've ahead. Always, I've always felt that we have a choice, and what I mean by that is that. You've had a traumatic, horrific experience, so has your son, and I've had loads as well. And I think, I think there does come a fork in the road where I think you can choose to be a victim or you can choose as a gift. Or do you think it's not as easy as that? I, 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 there's always someone that's done something or got something worse than you, right? People have been in prison that come out, the most positive person, Nelson Mandela, whatever. I, 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 do you feel that everyone has the gift of choice or some people just haven't got the capability to, to manifest, basically? So it's all about your mindset. And there is a lot of chemical reaction in your brain and body that takes place that takes you back to being what you are and what you choose to become. Definitely, you have a choice. And everyone in this world is capable enough to make a better choice. Now, since we all know, and since we all know that the human mind is always on protection mode, we yeah. want to protect ourselves which is why we want to predict the familiar. We don't want to predict the unfamiliar. So when we are getting in touch with the unfamiliar, let's say you have a familiar choice of being a victim. Now here you are, you need to make another choice yeah. of not being victim. There's a certain chemical reaction in your brain that happens when you feel like a victim because that's your homostatus. That's your state of being. When you break that state of being, the chemical reaction in your body is not going to happen the way it was happening because you're not feeling the same. Yes. When you do feel the same, your cells are going to huddle up mm. and they are going to send another signal to your brain. One is through spinal cord, which is faster. The other yeah. one is through the bloodstream. So the cells push you again, making you feel, oh, you're not feeling like a victim again. What happened to you? You're not supposed to feel this way. Yeah. You are supposed to feel like a victim. So go back to feeling. A yeah. like a victim yeah. so that's how people go back this is why diets fail this is why we're not able to come out of an uh, emotional state like anger sadness mm. depression anxiety because you want to change the chemical yeah. reaction but again there's another chemical reaction in your body happening pushing you to go back and that's the challenge yeah this is why it's important to be practicing if you want to break an emotion, let's say if you want to really change yourself, you need to keep doing that for 21 days on conscious level. Yes. Because psychologically, in 21 days, you're actually pruning and sprouting. You're pruning the neurons with old emotions and sprouting new ones. 100%. So it is not difficult. Everybody has got the capability. Everybody has the choice. It only depends on you and your willpower. Yeah. I want to stay like I was before, or I want to see my new, uh, the new one, you know, the new my, myself. Totally agree. You touched on, um, you found out why you got divorced and you, and you found out why your future relationships didn't necessarily work. Talk to us about that. So, that sounds like you want, you want to. So that, that's actually very interesting. So, Everything comes from your childhood. All your limitations and everything comes from the childhood. So it's in very interesting when I regress people in hypnotherapy, the amount of stuff that comes out and the amount of stuff that came out from my head 
when I hypnotized myself and now I know the reality. So as I said, your mind draws you to something familiar all the time. Yeah. Now, what happened in my life? So my father, so you'll always get that from your parents most of the time as a mm. child. So I saw my father being an extremely intelligent, extrovert, really um, uh, like extrovert and very smart person, right? So I still have memories of my childhood. Yeah. Making a comparison between him and my mother and my mom was complete opposite. And of course, you know, uh, when I saw that match and I always saw my mom not being confident about herself, even when they used to go out she used to never talk and my dad used to be like the center of attraction yeah. and talking and you know re and my mom used to just be sitting quiet so I never liked that I never liked that and I always said to myself I'm going to be marrying someone that I feel equal to I right. don't want to feel less of a person I don't and then because life draws you to something familiar always yes. and that's what you need to get aware of you need to correct yourself i got married to someone exactly like my father got you it's now, so, so common isn't it, that happening though, isn't it? so it, it wasn't that i was i was less of a person a personality in education or anything yeah. but my mind was always making that comparison that i made between yeah. my father and my mother yes 100 so, so Today, when I look back and I recap the whole scenario where I messed up sometimes, where it wasn't actually the case, like yeah. I just over-exaggerated, blew things out of proportion, that was because I was feeling insecure. I was telling myself all the time that I don't want to become like my mother. I don't want him to dominate. I don't, I don't want to be dominated. So yeah. it's not that I was essentially getting dominated. It's my whole system, my whole mindset telling me. So, yeah, so that's... that's <laughs> and then going forward, until, until I did RTT, and then, of course, yeah. I got my trainings from Dr. Joe Dispenza and everything. Now, even from that point when I got divorced until I did my certification and everything, I was still very much unaware. I still was getting attracted to people just exactly like my ex. Yes. Right? Yes, of or, course. And people who weren't like my ex, I was hardly attracted to them. Yeah, yeah. You understand how your psychology and everything plays because you want to be drawing to something which is very familiar to you and you don't like unfamiliar. I heard something on Instagram only this morning whereby if you trap a flea in a, in a jar, a flea can jump 36 inches. But if you put, put that flea in a jar, it will hit its head when it jumps. So then it, it, it learns to only jump so high before hitting its head. Then, then you put the flea's children in the jar. The, the, flea can, the, the children can jump 36 inches, but because they've only seen their parents jump up to the top, they think they can only jump that high. Do you understand what I mean? It's that kind of stuff where, where we're conditioned by our parents. We feel that's our limitation. That's all we can do. Or we overcompensate. But what we, we're our own being. And I think, I think, I think it's so, I think you can learn a lot about how not to parent and how lot to lead and how lot to manage as well. As, so I've learned a lot from my mistakes and I was, I was an abandoned child. I've learned how not to be a parent and I wouldn't wish that on my own children. So sometimes 
that the stuff that we're taught, although it's horrible, can teach us in a different way? I would say that you really need to get a certification before you become a parent. It <laughs> takes a lot of effort. Yeah, I honestly believe in that because um, we are so unaware. And this is what I tell every parent, just be aware. Tell your kids they are enough. Yes. And if they are different, and if they feel different, it's good. Yes. You see every successful person yeah. who is different is actually successful, is offering something different, something unique to the world. Yeah. So imagine our biggest fear as a child is being different. This is how you end up feeling not being enough. Today, when my, my son comes home and he tells me something that gives me some kind of a feeling that he is feeling different, I, in fact, encourage him. I said, it's okay. It's okay. Flourish. No, yeah. And so you don't have to be like your friend. No. You don't have to be like anyone else. You have your own personality. So if I mm. can go back to my 18-year-old Gulneet, I would say to myself, because I felt really so different, and I always thought that, what am I going to do in future? Like, what, like I always felt that I was not enough. I was not yeah. loved enough. I don't fit in. I don't think I belong here. I never got that kind of love that I deserved from other because we were three and then the middle child syndrome, I had like yeah. two extreme. And I thought, no, maybe, I, you know, like my parents love my brothers more. They don't love me. So I grew up with that feeling. Mm. So Every time I speak to a parent who asks me for an advice, I always tell them, you know what? Mm. Raise your children, not thinking about Armani's and Gucci's and Louis Vuitton. Yeah, yeah. Raise your children, making them feel that they are complete. No matter, yes, you can get upset, but their another yeah. fear is not feeling loved. Because yeah. you see, parents are the biggest caregivers and you are feeding into the psychology of your own child. Yeah. And the minute they feel that they don't belong, their life has no meaning. That's when they start feeling that they're not enough. Yeah. So I always tell my friend, look, if you do something wrong, I could get angry, but I will never stop loving you. You will always be my priority. And if you tell your child this over and over again, over and over again, it mm. gets so embedded into their system, into yeah. their subconscious, that they grow up being mature and feeling complete and full. So they're not looking at external things to make them happy. They are happy from within. So they're not looking for, for mm -hmm. anything external. Okay, so going to exotic places, new places is going to make them feel happy. Gaming is going to make them feel happy. New clothes, new brands are going to make, feel happy, yeah. make them feel happy. They are happy naturally. And this is how we need to raise them. This is fascinating. I actually want to talk to you for another three hours, but we're coming to the end, which is which is actually frustrating because the, the, there's loads more questions I want to ask you, but I'm going to have to be... Um, wrap it up relatively quickly because I've got, I, I want to move this conversation onto the HR piece and how this kind of approach of the parenting that you've adopted, kind of the compassion, the empathy that I'm feeling from you that you, that you have. And how do you think that translates into, into, into leadership? You mentioned, we mentioned Gary Vee at the start. What I'm trying to say is that I'm a leadership coach. I've, I've run big businesses. I used to be a, a very dictatorial, fairly, fairly egotistical CEO 
and I kind of lost it all. And that really helped me. And, and now I coach and develop leaders on how not to be like that. And I think the power of empathy, understanding, being vulnerable is really important. So with HR, with leadership, with, with employers, what's the landscape looking like? What, what, what makes a good employer? What makes a good leader for you? Of me? Yeah, well, for you. Yeah. So I would say this is what I practice. So basically when I was now, what is so different as compared to what I was doing before and now I am doing is basically giving people much more room to be themselves because mm-hmm. what I was focusing on is what is my purpose? So I'm running an HR, consult- a HR consultancy and my purpose is this. My goal is this. And I'm now directing everyone towards that. But then what I was actually missing out on a very important piece of information is everybody is working with you, right? You may have a goal, a vision, purpose, but every individual who is with you in that particular journey is an individual. Yes, they will follow your mission. They will follow your vision and everything. They have their own personal purpose. You have to identify what is their personal purpose. Emotional brain is more powerful than logical brain. We all know. When you work on your personal purpose, it elevates your personal fulfillment and you'll be able to give a lot better output on professional front. Mm. So what I'm doing different now, and I think leaders should be focusing on every individual that they are responsible for and anybody in their team is to look at their personal purpose. What are they there for? What makes them wake up in the morning and come to work? What is the personal fulfillment they are achieving by being with you, around you, getting your energy, this exchange of energy? What are you learning from them? What are they learning? How do people work with one manager for 10 years or 15 years? How is that possible? Yeah, have you ever imagined what keeps them together? Because honestly, we have emotional contracts. We have contracts 100%. with people with emotional handshake, right? So, and there's nothing else. We come together. We hire like-minded people. Yeah. Actually, we're not hiring like-minded people. We are hiring people who've got common emotional contracts with us. Because we feel them during the interview, feel this person is going to add value. So you're feeling their energy. There's nothing professional there. So when you feel their energy, feel their energy at a deeper level, understand their purpose. Because everyone coming to you, like I've got like 10 people on my team. Yeah, yeah. I directly work with them. Now, I know the purpose of each and every one on that team because they are my direct reportees. Mm-hmm. If I don't understand their personal purpose, where they see themselves in their personal life, I am defeating the whole thing of actually involving them because I'm not making them grow. No. They can grow professionally, definitely. But personal level is a very, very big motivator. So understand that. That's the different thing you can do in order to elevate them and extend the emotional handshake contract with them for a longer duration. This is music to my ears. I mean, people who know me, I, this is exactly what I say. Manage the individual, not the team. But um, you can have all the bells and whistles, all the operations and everything else. But um, people 
businesses think people want money. They do to an extent, but they want exactly what you want. They want growth. They want development. They want to be, they want to feel part of something, but they want, they want to, they want to feel a proper connection. And again, I know a lot of people listening won't, won't get that. You can't put a price on that emotional intelligence, that emotional rapport, that bond, that, that feeling of actually we're in this together. And it's, 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 it's once you've got that, people will do anything for you, right? For sure. Like I had somebody on my team wanted, um, so was planning to buy a house here. And the whole um, financing thing was becoming difficult. And that person came to me and said, well, if I do this, I will be able to put forward a better, better financial standing because, because everything yeah. has connection to their employment contract in the UAE. And definitely that was legal. It was just me doing facilitating things for that particular employee. And I did it. Understand the emotional connection. The minute that person signed their property papers and got the key, he came to me and gave me the key in my hand. This is, this is because of you. My house yeah. is because of you. There you go. So, so when you are focusing on someone's personal growth, Mm. definitely you can expect 100 times more output yeah. because they will be more, more committed because you, you were the ones who actually had added so much value to their personal life that they are what they are today. And so, yeah, and that's what I learned because this six and a half years of my employment with the last company I worked with, it was a paradise. It was like the best thing that ever happened to me. And so when things happen to you, what you have to essentially do is extend that gratitude, extend it to other people in your life. So you're creating a bigger value chain around you, creating a bigger community, making them feel that giving yeah. is the biggest virtue. What a beautiful conversation. What a beautiful person you are. I mean, we've only just chatted today. I want to become good friends with you and follow you and help you where I can. I'm, I'm, just, I'm delighted and honoured to have you on the show. Before we before you go, I was going to say, where can people find you? That's an obvious question. But where can people find you? And what would you like to leave the audience with in terms of any, any kind of passing gift around life, death, the struggle? Uh, just Just some parting words that, might help someone what i can only find me on linkedin so and i've also recently started becoming very active on instagram i put stories videos on stuff that is very scientific what you should do to control your emotions and so much about quantum meditation recently i've started uploading videos so yeah you can follow me on instagram you can follow me on linkedin to get updated on whatever is happening in my life like to tell people is uh, actually a couple of things the first thing which is very important is don't fear the unknown stay in the unknown because there you can get rid of all your insecurities and be confident enough to face anything in your life giving up in my opinion is not an option you got your family your life is precious they don't deserve to live without you. And you should be prepared to fight. And being strong enough is the only way. So fight until you make it. And the other thing that I would like everyone to 
understand if you feel something, especially our younger generation, if you feel something, if you're going through some emotions, anything that's troubling you, talk about it, like literally cry. And I cry all the time when I'm happy, I cry. When I'm sad, I cry. When I'm excited, I cry. Because crying is the best way to express yourself. And you know, Marissa says something very interesting. Feelings that do not find its expressions in tears will make your organs to weep. And today we see so many people with psychosomatic disorder, which is not literally a disease, but it's an illness, the symptoms that your body shows up, telling you that there's something going on inside that you need to take care of. Mm. So really feel your emotions, not just feel, but talk about it, be vocal, because you never know one word, one sentence, anybody says that would actually impact your life, your mind, and it changes your perspective from negative to positive. So yeah, that's all I wanted to say. That's beautiful. I actually want to extend this a little bit because I want to delve into that because we say that thinking is one thing and feelings are another, but that's a really interesting lens around don't just feel it, actually express the feelings. And you're saying that's the next level to actually kind of maybe release some of the tension, the pain, the anxiety, and actually kind of get through it, right? Yeah, because so when you express, now there are different ways of expression. Now I usually tell people express it because when when you are expressing you're making yourself more aware of what you are feeling and you're finding ways to express and vent it out. Yeah. But another side of it, when you do that repeatedly and you have some survival emotions and any instance, any, any trigger that makes those emotions come to surface and you're repeating it over and over again, you're making your brain more hardwired. Mm. So the first is when you're crying, expressing is a good thing because you're actually telling yourself and someone else about how you feel. But the second one could be damaging. So there's a fine line when you're actually talking about something that happened five years ago in your life. And you're still repeating, you're revisiting. That's what happens in people with PTSD, with severe traumas. They keep repeating in their mind, but not to someone else, maybe, but to themselves. This is what happened five years back and they're still reliving. So that's damaging. What I'm saying, be vocal. Try and understand what you're feeling inside your body, how your thoughts, because it always starts with the thought. Yes. How your thoughts are then translating into your feelings and how the feelings are now showing up in your body in terms of certain symptoms that you may have, let's say anxiety or depression. And just being aware of that continuously over and over again. So I tell people to do this fantastic exercise. Take a piece of paper do this for 21 days. Literally put a score what do you feel from the scale of zero to 10? Let's say you have an emotion. So what do you feel today? And then the next day, how much emotion, what is the scale you feel that emotion repeatedly? And write down every day what has triggered that emotion, Mm. what has triggered and what feelings are followed by that particular trigger. And as you see that piece of paper, you're following your journey Mm. 
mm. of day-by-day -day progress. Either you can see it going up and what triggers for it to go up, or you would actually see that fading away, which is a very good exercise for self-awareness. So you become more aware and then you keep writing more, you keep putting down each and every single thing. And the first, mm. interestingly, the first five days are too much writing because you're yeah. writing down everything because you're kind of putting everything. And then you realize that you write less and less and less. And by the time you reach 21 days, it's gone. Yeah. Because you're already aware. You don't need that paper and pen to write down or remind yourself that, yeah, you actually went through this. It automatically triggers you and you say to yes. yourself, change it. So, so it's, you want to you're breaking patterns. You're understanding why you react or respond to certain different ways. You're, you're understanding why you feel certain. And the power of that is, is almost like heading it off at the past, isn't it? But also, also as well, if we don't talk about our feelings or we don't feel our feelings or we don't express our feelings, it, it, can, it can come out with anger. It can come out with disease. It can come out with, with all sorts of different things, can't it? So I had a client and I wanted to talk about it. That client had really severe rash all over her body mm. and so she went for blood test and skin test and nothing came out she went for allergy tests nothing came out and then she contacted me so my first question was have you done these tests she said i'm okay everything is clear allergy tests are clear so clearly it is psychosomatic because yes. what you're so anything on your skin is weeping skin like psoriasis, eczema, any kind of rash, any fungal infection coming back over and over again, again and again, any kind of cold, anything that is oozing out is weeping skin. Mm. So clearly something inside you yeah. wants to come out yeah. and everything has to find its way out. So the way stress attacks your system your digestive system and interestingly a lot of people do have problems with their gut because gut is the seed of emotions sure. and people who suppress their emotions quite often will have problems with their gut that is very very common so anything that comes out of your body without any explanation of any functional problem is yeah. psychosomatic in nature which means your emotions are telling you if you can't let us out through your mouth or your yeah. eyes through tears, we're going to find our way anyways. So, so you decide what you want to do. So listen to them, feel them. Don't go for a drink. Don't go for a run. Don't go. Don't try and stop the feeling. Uh, lean into the feeling, right? And understand yeah. and express yeah. it. Yeah, express it. Yeah. Talk about it. Wow. Um, We've gone over schedule, but I mean, I've got to say a very enlightening, very wisdom focused, full of insight. Just want to say thank you so much. And I want to do a follow up with you in a, in a few months. But thank you so much for coming on. An absolute pleasure, Golnit. Thank you so much, Chris. It was indeed my pleasure. And I hope I was able to add some value through whatever we have spoken and really create that awareness and create that hope in the lives of people where they know giving up is not an option. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself.
The Purpose-Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry, the recruitment operating system used by over 20,000 recruiters worldwide. I chose to partner with Vincherry because I'm a customer and I love their modern rec operating system, a single tech platform to streamline the front, middle and back office operations of executive search, perm contract and temp businesses. If you're looking for a breed of new tech partner, talk to Vincherry. They have followed us on support with seven offices around the world. Check them out at vincherry.io forward slash Chris O'Connell for an exclusive offer for all listeners.